Hey there, this is Ben Currier, self-proclaimed world's number one failure. In this podcast, we'll learn about the hardest moments my guests faced and the failures they endured on their path towards making it. I hope you enjoy. Hey there, friends of failure. This is Ben Currier here, and I am hanging out with my friend here, Dylan Ogline. Hey there, Dylan. Hey, man. How's it going? Uh, it's going pretty well. <laughs> Before we get into the the subject of the podcast, do you want to give the listeners maybe a little shameless brag about some of the some of the highlights of your career or, or lifestyle? Shameless brag. Uh, okay, so. Um... Man, I'm not used to this. I'm not used to the bragging <laughs> part. Uh, I, I guess, uh, okay, if we're going to be bragging, uh, I own a seven-figure digital marketing agency called Oglan Digital. Uh, I, I hate to sound so cliche, but I kind of do live like my dream version of my lifestyle. Like th- my dream version of my life, I kind of live now. Uh, it's a hampered a little bit with COVID. Can't really mm-hmm. travel. Uh, but if there wasn't COVID or once COVID's over, uh, I get to, you know, I have a successful business. I have an incredible team in place. Uh, I could easily get away with working one to two hours a week on, on my main business, my marketing agency, uh, and just travel around the world. So <clears throat> I and guess you said, <laughs> that is I, my shameless brag. <laughs> I think you've said you're kind of a digital nomad, but are you uh, in a fixed location right now? Or are you still traveling? Right now, no, I haven't been outside the United States since uh, since 2019. Yeah, I haven't. I did not go outside the United States this year. Uh, we, uh, but but no, like yeah, I live in Orlando right now. I have a house here, uh, and I I definitely want to have a home base no matter what. Uh, but once once you know COVID's over, once vaccines, you know everybody has them. Uh, mm-hmm. Definitely be three to four months out of the year on the road traveling constantly. I'm definitely envious of that. I've only done a little bit of traveling here and there, um, like backpacking across Europe and stuff, but it's, it is easier than people think to carve out the time, but we just don't usually uh, set aside the mental space for planning something like that. Um, And hopefully after all this is over, it'll, it'll get better. (laughs) I try not to to plan when I'm, when I'm doing any kind of traveling, I try to just go like those, those have been the trips to the best when I'm just like, Hey, I'll figure it out when I get there. You know, maybe, yeah. maybe I have an Airbnb, but that that's the best kind to me. Yep. I had an, a previous guest who was a digital nomad. He said the best advice is just to book a one-way ticket and don't think about it and, and don't plan <sighs> yes. it as much. So, yeah. uh, so that's, that's definitely the mentality you have to get behind. It can be hard for people though, for sure. And what uh, kind of, Oh, sorry, go ahead. I mean, it is, uh, it's a lot easier than, than what you think. And it is, if, if it is something that you, if, if you have that itch, if you're sitting there like, wow, that sounds cool. Uh, it's because it doesn't apply to everybody. There's some people who like, they never, they don't want to travel outside the United States or they don't like flying or whatever. That's hundred percent. Okay. But if you're sitting there and you have that itch and you're like, wow, that sounds incredible. You have absolutely no idea just how incredible it is. Uh, it is life's too short, man. Uh, right now, we all got to play safe. Uh, I'm not jumping on any planes to to Southeast Asia right now because uh, of COVID. Got to be got to be safe. But once once this stuff is over, once the world returns to normal, just jump, just do it. Life's too short. 
I think the great thing about the whole COVID thing is it definitely has proven that we can work from home and that home can be anywhere, you know, in the future. So when we do get able to travel, I'm sure it'll be a lot easier for people to embrace that kind of lifestyle because a lot more companies are open to the idea of remote workers and stuff like that. Oh, absolutely. There was definitely a stigma. Uh, I, I would still get weird looks from people. <laughs> uh, you know, they're like, when, how do you make any money working from home? Uh, even though it's become, you know, even before COVID, it was becoming more and more common. People still looked at me like I was weird. <laughs> but now, like, everybody was forced to work from home. So, uh, so yeah, like, uh, that stigma is over going forward. A lot more people are going to be doing it. And, and I think it would be worth mentioning when I'm, when I'm talking about traveling, I'm not looking to uh, go to some resort for a week and just sit on the beach and drink pina coladas. Like to me, it's going and living uh, in, in a, in a foreign city where I don't speak the language. I know nobody, I know nothing, you know, no nothing around me uh, and living there for several weeks on end, immersing myself in the culture while I still work. Uh, that is to me the digital nomad lifestyle and that's what it's all about is being able to do what you want when you want where you want uh, and once you like I said if, if you're sitting there and you're like oh man that sounds pretty cool like you have absolutely no idea just how amazing <laughs> it is yeah I'm jealous of it myself I know when uh, when I went to France I remember one of the funny stories was I so I took Spanish in high school so I really didn't know much of anything for French and mm-hmm. I was told uh, the way to say sorry was uh, je suis désolé. But I think some of my Spanish kicked in or whatever. And I kept saying je suis déjeuner, which I think is I'm breakfast or something to do with breakfast. I'm not really sure. <laughs> but I remember the crazy looks I was getting from the people uh, when I was over there. But I agree. If you're going to do travel, you want to be really immersed in the culture and not doing it as an arm's length kind of a thing where you can just kind of dip your toe into what it would be like to be near them. Uh, It's nice to see how different people live and like the perspectives that they have and the things you can gain in terms of insight. It's awesome. Absolutely. Uh, You'll, you'll learn, uh, you know, like people tend to, the world's not as bad as you think it is. Uh (laughs) I come from more of a conservative area. Uh, So I, I kind of had this vision that like the outside the United States was scary and everybody was going to stab you or steal your money. Uh, it, once you go there, you, you know, bad things can happen, but, but generally speaking, it was, it was, it really shocked me just how nice people are, how, uh, it's the complete opposite of what you think mm-hmm. <laughs> and people tend to be nicer than what they are here in the United States. Yeah. They can break down some of that, like nationalism or, or us versus them kind of stuff. When you just realize yeah. other people in a different part of the world, usually it, for me, another, uh, a really life changing element of it was, you know, I've been in places where yeah, I make more in a day than these people make in several years. And they're so happy mm-hmm. with their lives. And it kind of puts everything in perspective of like, dude, what, <laughs> what are you complaining about? Like, uh, it just, it really, and it makes you appreciate life more. It makes you appreciate life. Makes you appreciate other people. Makes you, it humanizes everything. Uh, gives you a lot more compassion for your fellow human, <laughs> uh, yeah. other people in your country, other people worldwide. Uh, it's it's definitely well worth it. 
And, and uh, in your online marketing business, I'm cur- curious, just what kind of actual stuff are you doing? Is it mostly SEO and digital marketing and t- trying to figure out how to increase brand awareness or what is your niche? Our, our niche is direct response digital marketing. So in English, we are simply managing our clients, uh, Facebook, Google, and sometimes YouTube ads. That's it. We just, uh, we create the landing page. Typically we're going to write the actual ad. We're going to choose like the picture for Facebook, et cetera. Uh, and then we're, our job is to spend the money and get the leads essentially, uh, at a certain cost. Uh, that is pretty much what our job is. Uh, how do we make money? We charge, we send the, the client an invoice for 10% of whatever their ad spend was at the end of the month. So, they spend $50,000 throughout Google, Facebook, YouTube, we will send them an invoice for, for $5,000. That sounds like a really good deal because um, I know I've <laughs> put plenty of ads out there that had no response because I have no idea what I'm doing. And mm-hmm. it can be easy to think, you know, I'll just throw a little money at it and whatever, throw a sentence or two up or some picture, but it's a lot more, uh, it's really difficult to convince people, especially nowadays, to give you their attention and their time because there's so many things battling for it. And I know as a guy who just works by himself and doesn't know anything that just how hard that advertising part is because I can I can do the content that's good behind the paywall, but figuring out how to get people to want to get past that is is tough. And certainly generally ads are even harder because it's uh, they're doing something else and you're just trying to get their attention uh, yeah. away from whatever that is. Absolutely. Have you had any uh, big ad campaigns that failed miserably? I'm curious if, if anything like that has happened to you because you thought, oh, this is a great idea. And then it resonated with no one or something. So that happens every, all the time. <laughs> Good. Okay. <laughs> so that's that normal part. all the time. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, so when we, when we're onboarding a new client, which, which we're really small, uh, I, I try not to, uh, I don't want more clients right now because they, once I got to seven figures, I was like, I don't really want any more. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I want to focus on other passions. But uh, when it's, we're constantly, even the clients that we have that are doing great, uh, we're constantly running tests for them. So like a Facebook test might look like throwing up like 600 different versions of, of, of a concept. Mm-hmm. The different uh, targets, you have five different versions of pictures, you know, four different versions of the actual ad copy, and then all these different variable uh, targets. Uh, so you might throw up 600 different ads and like 20 of them are actually successful and have a positive ROI. Mm-hmm. That happens all the time. Uh, and then you just copy those ones that, that works uh, and, and try to try to create even more iterations. Uh that's that's how that's how we do it. So it's typically not you know we spent fifty thousand yeah. dollars for a client and didn't get anything. It's typically we're testing things uh, out of as small as level as possible, and then once we figure out things that work, then we ramp it up and scale. That makes a lot more sense. I'm sure uh, there's a lot of people out there like me who are going, "Why didn't my one type of ad work? The one try, you know, my one <laughs> slogan that I came up with." Uh, but yeah, variant testing and, and AB and AB plus, or, you know, however many variants uh, is certainly a good way. I've been I've been told to not only do um, ads but email marketing, landing pages, all of that because you can 
use the info. My problem is I never get to the point of using the info that I get back. So I'm, I'm working my way towards figuring out how to, how to get some of that working for me, because to your point, there's a lot of tools we can use to take out a lot of the complexity. Absolutely. And, and one thing I, I would mention when it comes to, if we're specifically talking marketing here, m- most people, like they, uh, <laughs> It happens all the time when I talk to people. They're like, I spent 50 bucks on Facebook and it didn't work. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> like, it's not so that we need to spend $50,000, but, uh, you know, if you spent, uh, you know, $100 and you got like $40 in sales back, that's incredible. Like, that's a really, like, if, if your first campaign, you spent $100 in, you know, three days and you got, $40 back in sales, you just hit a home run. Like that was incredible because nobody does great their first ad. Mm-hmm. Nobody does great with their first variations. Uh, and if you just, you, you, you took that and then you, you did another hundred dollars and maybe you got $60 back, you're still losing money. That's okay. But you keep doing that and doing that. And eventually you get where you spent a hundred dollars and you got $110 back. And then you spend another hundred dollars and you got $150 back. And before you know it, you're spending a hundred dollars and you're getting like three, $400 back. Uh, but yeah, if you spent 20 bucks on Facebook ads and it didn't work, I, I kind of wonder why. <laughs> There's yeah, your it's a pretty low sample size to, uh, to base yeah. your decision on. Yeah. You got to be committed to just beating it until it works. So how did you get into the business of, of online marketing and digital advertising? I know when we talked a little bit in the uh, virtual green room, you told me that um, basically you spent a lot of time not knowing what you were going to do. You were kind of 12 years a slave to nothing and, and no, no specific ideas as to what you were going to do. So uh, I started my first business when I was 14. And wow. this was back, uh, I mean, this was what, 2003, 2002, 2003, around there. Uh, so this was like the infancy of any, what we consider digital marketing. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't even think Facebook had launched yet. Facebook was a twinkle, wasn't even a twinkle in Mark Zuckerberg's <laughs> eyes yet. Uh, so Facebook ads certainly wasn't. Yeah, that came a lot that later. Uh, but this was... Uh, I remember playing around with Google for, for my first business. It was, I, I don't know if it was called Google AdWords at the time, but it was, it was Google ads. Uh, that was just blew my mind. Uh, Cause I saw even at that age and like just reading about it, like I saw where this was going, where I, you, there was an infinite number of people on Google who are searching for stuff. And you can, you can measure this stuff. <laughs> this, is, this is not throwing up a billboard where you're like, did I get more business or not? Like you, you're going to be able to spend $100 and know that I got $110 back. Uh, and from a marketing perspective, like that is, you're playing in the big leagues now. You, you can track your growth and you can purchase growth. Uh, so that just shocked my world. Uh, so, so yeah, this, so I started my first business and then that got shut down because my merchant account provider found out I was what, under the age of 18. What was the business? Is, uh, I was selling cell phones, uh, on, on eBay and I think I had like, was it geo cities? <laughs> like I had like a Yahoo <laughs> shopping thing uh-huh. too. Uh, but, but basically this was, um, uh, this was before like the iPhone and, 
any pre smartphone, like any, any yeah. kind of good smartphone was, was European made. And like in the United States, we just, we just didn't have them. Yeah. The Nokia brick with the snake. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Maybe that snake. Time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I used to be able to send a text message without looking at my phone. <laughs> you'd have the muscle memory from the buttons. Or the T9 uh, or whatever. When you do the, you had to click whatever TUV each number was a different the, yeah. set of letters. <sighs> Back in the day, back in the day. Uh, so, so anyways, I somehow applied for like a wholesale website where they, they, they wholesale these cell phones and somehow they approved me. Uh, so then I was able to get these European cell phones at wholesale costs, ship them to the United States, pay all the fees and everything, and then flip them on eBay, make like you know, $50, $75 a phone or something like that. That lasted for about a year, uh, got shut down. And then did you have like a lot of inventory or something that you're stuck with? Or? No, no, it was, uh, I basically drop shifted. Okay. So, or, I mean, something essentially like I, it was on demand. So it wasn't until I sold the phone that it would be shipped to me. And I would tell people like, it'll take three weeks to get to you. Gotcha. And then I would like overnight it to them. So that got shut down. And, uh, I, at the time I had dropped out of high school. So I kind of really was running out of options. Uh, but I had learned a little bit about web design, learned a little bit about like I could design a logo and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I spent the next 12 years getting absolutely nowhere, bouncing around from one project to the next. Uh, we talked about this pre-show where like I didn't really have any any failures that went out in a blaze of glory. It was more like just a marathon of failure, <laughs> just little things that just never got off the ground. Uh I, at my peak, I had like, you know, 10 to 15 different business projects. Oh. And it was like, I was working a thousand hours a day. I didn't know what sleep was. I <laughs> looked fried and burnt out. And mm-hmm. uh, because I was never went on vacation, was absolutely broke, nearly a million dollars in debt. Wow. Uh, and then I had a conversation with a long-term mentor and essentially the lesson was focus on a high profit margin business and focus. Like that's it. (laughs) Yeah. Don't have 10 to 15 Uh, businesses. Yeah. Instead of having 10 to 15 businesses, just have one. Mm -hmm. So remember the night I had that conversation, I went down and started down into my freezing basement office uh, where I didn't have a chair. I had, I sat on a five gallon bucket of, uh, (laughs) of drywall compound (laughs) I have a picture of it somewhere. And uh, how long did yeah. you use that bucket? How long did I'll you sit on the bucket? I feel like you could find anything to sit on, but I hope you didn't spend more than a couple of days. <laughs> with, with, I mean, like a oh, long time. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's rough. <laughs> I mean, like a free recliner on the side of the road that was really beat up would be better, I would imagine. But probably, I, I yeah. I had other yeah. concerns at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't, I wouldn't have known how to get it home. I drove around <laughs> in a Jetta. So I feel like, I don't know. What, that makes sense. Uh, but looking back, I was like, man, I probably could have found something on Craigslist. Yeah. Uh, but the but back anyways, that you know, oh, yeah, it sucks. I still have back issues from <laughs> I was wondering, I had a, a question about part of your story. How soon after starting to make money online, did you drop out of high school? Was it like, Hey, I got a dollar. See ya. Or was it more of like a gradual thing that you were like, I can, I don't have to do this anymore. Kind of thing. So, so long story short, uh, I, I was starting to think about college and 
uh, I knew that I, I didn't know specifically what, but I was like, I want to kind of do something business. And my, I'm from a small country rural town in Pennsylvania and the, you know, prospects of my parents paying for college, like that wasn't going to happen. Uh, so my only ticket out was, was hockey, uh, but I wasn't that good. I'm, I'm really trying to condense this story here. <laughs> so uh, what I realized is all the players that were much better than me were, had started way earlier than me. Uh, so I was like, man, like it's a long shot for me to get a scholarship to go to college. I know my parents can't afford to send me to college. Uh, what if I were to somehow do this business thing and be ahead of the game? So I'm starting to take these business classes like in high school, like my eighth and I think I started them in ninth grade and I only ever end finishing ninth grade. I, I quit halfway through 10th. Uh, but I was taking these business courses and like, it was stuff that like I had read like four business books and I was like, you're teaching, like I know way more than the teacher does. And I've read a couple books. So I was like, damn, like, in my in my 14 year old mind i was like if i were to somehow get into business now uh 10 years from now when 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 that, everybody else is getting out of college and they're starting their careers i'm going to be 10 years ahead of you i'm going to have this massive experience gap so like i'm 31 now i have 17 years of business experience like i'm 31 like that's more than half of my life Impressive. Uh, and I saw that to somehow, some way. And listen, this is really stupid. Don't do this. If you're if you're 14, don't quit school. Like finish high school. I think the don't people who, who would do good in school and would do well dropping out would do well in either one, regardless. So if I think it depends on the very specific person. I wouldn't say anybody should or shouldn't drop out of anything, but you should definitely, you know, try your hardest. And if you find a way outside of school. Uh, you can always mm-hmm. do both at the same time. You don't have to drop out of school, but yeah, but you did it. So, you know, and it seemed to have at least for a while worked or maybe not. The bucket didn't sound uh, glorious. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't glorious. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, no. So I, I convinced my parents, so I had the cell phone business. I think I was doing a few other things. Uh, and I, I convinced my parents to let me do homeschooling. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah. Then I'll be able to focus on the business. Like I'm making more than they are. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, just, just trust me, guys. So I had to pay like a couple thousand dollars to do the homeschooling. It was completely different than what it was when it is today. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I bought all the books and stuff. And I don't even think I ever opened the box that the books came in. Like I just never opened it. Uh, once I like, I, I, once I started the homeschool, like I just went 100% into business. I might've just messed around and took an, taken token token. I might've taken uh, a test or two, but that was it. And, uh, and eventually I was just like, listen guys, like I finally got the business rolling. Can I just quit? So I'm not even wasting my time looking at this stuff. And they were like, okay. So that was it. And I quit. If you if you could now um, talk to a younger you, the one who was quitting, is there any specific advice you'd give yourself to like make it easier the the trajectory? Uh, I I don't particularly. Li- I've gotten asked this a lot before. Mm-hmm. I don't particularly like looking back because I I think about like that stupid bucket and how it wasn't glorious. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if. 
like I feel now I've kind of got things kind of maybe figured out a little bit <laughs> and maybe I'm doing, you know, okay. Uh, but it's also like a, a c- compassion and appreciation and gratitude and things like that. If I had figured it out, mm-hmm. you know, s- way back then, would I be the same person I am now? And I don't know the answer to that. So I, I really try not to, to think in terms of that. If I was talking to somebody else who's 14 and they're thinking about it now, uh, would be stay in school, <laughs> don't be me, and, and focus. Uh, you can't, yeah. even though you, you, you think that the path to success is working 100 hours a week, the path to success is more likely uh, working smart Mm-hmm. Uh, and focusing on a high profit margin business. Yeah. Um, and I think it's funny because a lot of people do what you did. And and it happens a lot when I ask a similar question, which is as if time travel is real and we can somehow ru- ruin our own existence. But I would hope the idea behind it would be if you, what advice would have been beneficial for you, even if you wouldn't want to give it to yourself or you wouldn't want to take it, I guess, for other people in the same situation. But it's kind of a confusing question, and I kind of want to figure out a way to either um, incorporate time travel more or figure out an easier way to ask of it. But there is there is something cool as a guest of this show that you get, which is a get out of fail free card. So this is a card similar to the Monopoly one where you can use it to go down the path of another career or hobby or interest or something that you might have avoided because of the possibility of failure. Maybe it was hockey. If, if that was something you wanted to do and, and uh, that, and if there was no failure, you might, you know, have pursued that more, but perhaps there's many other different kinds of hobbies or things that you think would be a super interesting thing to pursue. And if you didn't have to uh, worry about the failure of it, you would, you'd go forward with it. So so you're asking what would I, if I didn't have to worry about failure, what would I go forward with? Yeah. I'll give you my example would be either like stand up comedy or um, music, a lot of things that are really like getting judged heavily. <laughs> if I couldn't, if I didn't have to worry about that, you know, I, I feel like I could approach it better. My answer sh- surely would have changed over time. Mm-hmm. Where I sit now, um, uh, so I've talked about gratitude and everything, and I, and I look at myself, and then I'm very lucky to be where I am. Uh, my goal now is to try to help other people and help other folks start their businesses and, and, and whatnot. Uh, but where uh, my answer would be politics. My That's... answer would be politics. Uh, not because I'm scared to fail mm-hmm. necessarily. Uh, for me, it's, it's more just like, I, I, I feel like um uh, I feel like the world could be a little bit better. I f- feel, I believe I could maybe help make it a little bit better. Mm-hmm. I, f- I believe the world could use a little bit more compassion. <laughs> I sure, sure as hell have that. And, uh, but it's just so dirty. Yeah. It's so disgusting and dirty and uh, it's gotten out of hand. Um, so I'm not necessarily scared of, of failing and like losing an election per se. Yeah. I'm just, uh, I'm scared of like um, just getting into the, to the mess. Yeah. That, but that would sense. be my answer. I think you either have to be an amazingly 
generous, awesome person to go into politics or a insane uh, egomaniac. And, uh, you know, there's not a whole lot because you to your point, you have to do a lot of crazy things with not only your own persona and who you are outwardly, but then all mm-hmm. the things that are going to happen from people attacking you and, and going into all the negativity, it'd be nice. And I have no idea how it would happen if there's a way to divorce the, the negativity out of politics so we could talk about the issues divorced from a lot of that emotion, but it seems like it's impossible and getting it's even harder these worse. days. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's getting worse. Not so better. I think that'd be a good way to use it. Cause then if, if success is guaranteed, hopefully you'd have less of that. Uh, aspect of it and uh, yeah. and you could focus on what matters and hopefully that success would be also those changes you mentioned about compassion and things like that mm-hmm. absolutely man what is the next big fail that you're going to do what is the thing you're trying to now is are you going to form a nonprofit? you mentioned you want to give back is there something you're going to um pursue that you haven't yet um started uh is right now the, my main focus when I'm putting 95% of my time into is my education company. Uh, basically, I have a training program where I teach people how to start their own digital marketing agency. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm already in the middle of doing that. Like uh, train the trainer kind of thing. Yeah. Something like that. Nice. <laughs> uh, so uh, I don't know what comes after that. I, I don't know. Maybe it is uh I think about starting a nonprofit, but the, the truth is, is that I don't, I, I don't have any experience in that. I don't know. Th- those are fields I've never played in. And I don't know anybody who plays in those fields, whether, whether it is public service or it is a nonprofit or something like that, or it's uh, organizing people to uh, empower them and make change in the world. Uh, we live in a democracy. I believe if you, if you gather people uh, and we, we come together, we can enact change and make the world a better place. Uh, but I, I have no, and this is something I've thought about for years, uh, but I, I have no experience and I don't have anybody in my circle. Uh, so I thought maybe going into, into this pre- previous election uh, that, that maybe I would somehow get involved, but, but COVID kind of got me to not do that. Yeah. Uh, so, so maybe the next one, uh, maybe the nonprofit. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't have an answer for what's next. That's cool though. I think it's, it's hard to your, to your point about nonprofits and how to give back. Like I wish it was as easy as just, well, I don't have much money to give to people, but let's pretend that I was richer and wanted to give back it'd be cool to just pay for people's groceries at the grocery store and do other random acts of kindness that mm-hmm. isn't like forming a 501c3 or whatever and trying to come up with a way of having it be all above board. Like it's more fun to just be randomly generous. Uh, but- I, I, yeah, I've done that myself, man. And it's, it's a fucking awesome feeling. Yeah. Uh, and then how do you take that feeling and then scale that to a larger thing? It, it usually gets complicated and weird, but that's kind of the, the fun challenge of what you're talking about is figuring out ways to give back that still feels that good, but isn't, uh, you know, isn't all red tape and everything. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know the answer to that, but I, I would, I would add this. I, I think this is important for, for, for your show is 
if, if you were to ask me five years ago, like, where are you going to be in five years? <laughs> I would not answer this. I would not answer where I am now. I would have absolutely no idea. So, uh, and I continuously see that happen in my life. So where will I be five years from now? I don't know. Maybe I'm in public service. Maybe I started a rock band, <laughs> which for anybody who knows anything about me, they'd be like, what? No, like, I don't know. I don't play yeah. an instrument. I don't sing, but maybe yeah. I don't know. Uh, maybe I moved to China. I couldn't tell you. That's <laughs> I've learned to like. Sometimes <laughs> that's the best way to live life is is knowing that it's a choose your own adventure and you don't know what that page is going to hold till you get there. But having you know low expectations and high hopes, I've always found is a good way to go. Oh, absolutely, man. Uh, always have the, the, the best hopes. And I, I like that, like, choose your own adventure. Uh, I, I believe that you, you, you can choose how you want your, your life to go. Uh, not, very few things are actually chosen for you. So get out there, man. If you, if you, you know, we, talked, we started this show talking about travel. Like, if that's what you want to do, go do it. Uh, you only get 70, 80 years if you're lucky uh could end tomorrow stop wasting your life not doing things that you're passionate about working some dead-end job that you hate uh being in a bad relationship that doesn't make you happy like don't waste your life doing that stuff uh if i could somehow like shake a lot of people and be like don't be stupid like that uh i think that would be a really good thing uh if you want to enact change in the world uh there's there's something that 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 upsets you or you think could be better in the world, like put your voice out there, find, and this is, this is advice for myself. too. Yeah. I'll, put your voice out there and find a goddamn way to, to enact that and to put change out into the world. And, um, you know, don't, don't just, uh, let life happen to you make life happen. I think that's, yeah. Most of the advice that's good advice that I give on this show is, is advice that I probably should be taking myself and, and maybe I'm not. And, and I think it's easy for us, like you're saying to put ourselves in a box and pretend like that box is inescapable, the relationship, the job, whatever it is, but usually the years or whatever that you spend doing the thing you don't want is far worse than the, whatever that ripping the bandaid off uh, feeling actually is. It, we can convince 100%. ourselves that there's no, that there's no option. And it's once you just open your mind a bit, you realize that there's a lot of options. And every time I've ever gotten over one of those situations in my life, it, like it is, and I've talked about this with, with uh, friends before, like it is remarkable the amount of suffering. And then I ripped that bandaid off and it was like a, an hour or two of work or mm -hmm. something like it was like for years i was like this is going to be this massive thing and it's going to be it's going to take months to solve or whatever and then I, I took action on it and it was like you know i procrastinated for years on end and then you know, i took action and ripping the band-aid off it was literally like an hour's worth of work and it was like oh my god that just changed my life yeah that has happened time and time and time and time and time again uh so you would be surprised if there's whether it's a business idea or a bad relationship or some job or something like don't waste your life in fear 
of ripping the Band-Aid off. Yeah. Just do it. You can spend literal years just mustering up the courage to to do that thing that literally would take less than a day to to figure out to all get the ramifications over. of and yep. experience. But we just build things up so much. And the more we make it a uh, something that we are scared of and think we can't, the more we tell ourselves that we can't do it, it just becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And it's scary, of course. And the easier way to do it is to have nothing and then have to do whatever. You know, if you lose everything, sometimes you get a free pass to write your own story and do whatever. But to people who, you know, are have a mediocre job or life and want to make something better, there's not a lot stopping you besides yourself, you know, getting in the way usually. Uh, really, there is only yourself stopping you. Like, yeah, I, I, I see that with my personal life time and time again. And I have, especially now that, you know, I have the education company and I'm, I'm teaching students. Like it, it is incredible the amount of people that, that live their lives that way. Yeah. And, and, and like, I, that might come across as condescending, but like, I did it too. Yeah. <laughs> this is a lesson <laughs> I learned myself by making the mistake myself. Uh, so yeah, don't, don't waste your life. That, yeah. There you go. There's the lesson. And it's amazing to me. Cause I think what we're saying while it would still kind of fundamentally be true 40 or 50 years ago, now with the internet, it's insane how much more ability people have. You don't have to spend a dollar or two per ad, for, you know, per person, like for uh, Yellow Pages or whatever the hell they were doing, direct mail marketing. There's, yeah. It's insane how much technology has allowed almost anyone to be a business owner. Whereas, you know, 50 years ago, they would take a lot more investment from yourself. Now you can start a website for free, do all sorts of things, try to get sales before you even have a product. Like there's a lot of ways to do stuff that now is just so insanely easy compared to what the same thing would, would do or cost uh, even 50 years ago. Even 10 years ago. Yeah. Even Last 10 year. Years ago. And <laughs> yeah, it's getting cheaper and cheaper every day. Yeah. Uh, it's getting easier and easier. Uh, the access to information and education gets better and better. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I am really excited about uh, is with education. So you go, go back just a couple years ago and it was, you would take say training programs similar to like what I have in the training programs would be very broad. Now there's so many of them that they're getting very niche down. Mm -hmm. So if you want to start a wedding photography business, I guarantee you that there is somebody who has a training program out there that teaches you everything you need to know to start and, and grow a, a wedding photography business. Mm -hmm. Guarantee it's somewhere. I don't know who it is, but I guarantee <laughs> that there's a program out there that talks about like, how do we onboard clients? How do we actually, you know, take the pictures? Uh, how do we handle bookkeeping? How do we get clients? How do we do the marketing? How do we handle our Instagram? Uh, there's programs for, for literally just about everything now. And, and that really excites me because, uh, uh, you know, that now you, you know, we've had access to information, but it was still mm -hmm. kind of all over the place. But now people are creating their own programs and be like, hey, I solved this problem. So now you can you can learn after me. And I, th I think that's going to help a lot of people. Yeah. And it's not even one. There's thousands of those wedding photography cl classes because yeah, and so you have a good uh, a good bit of competition to allow you to pick something that's not even just the random one that it happens to be. I teach Microsoft Excel online. And I know there's a lot of people who do that as well. It's amazing how many people are trying to teach different things. And that just makes it better for everyone because 
education used to be something that was kind of, well, not only certainly forced on you by, you know, the public education system and everything, but it, it lacked a lot of enrollment, which is the students wanting to be there and be involved. But now mm-hmm. with these kind of training programs, the people who are seeking them out want to learn these things so it can improve not just uh, what's, you know, quote unquote education, but actually improve the amount of learning that's being done. And so it's not just for a test so you can memorize and forget, but so you can actually learn the skill and, and not go into debt too for it. Because the, I, I know in college and undergraduate and graduate that I did not learn almost anything about Excel and that's all I do in my job. So it's insane to me how much money I'm still paying for the training that didn't really give me what didn't I needed do for anything. the job. So uh, I'm sometimes envious of, of folks like you who, who left education earlier on, but also I'm so, I needed that structure to feel like I knew how to get anywhere. I was too um, believing in the system in order to have wanted to carve my own path, you know? So I needed to realize the system was bullshit from the inside in order to finally feel like I could go do something else. Cause I would have been too scared um, doing it the kind of the way you did, but I, I definitely envy that kind of a uh, gusto and, and risk-taking. Oh, <laughs> Well, if you're if you're talking about <laughs> risk taking when it comes to like starting a business or something like that, uh, you got to be a little bit crazy, that's for sure. Uh, yes, but uh, but no, I understand what you're saying. But it's cool because and then we both might m- make it to the same place, but with very different paths of of how to get there. And uh, whatever works, man. Yeah. So before we get in any kind of plugs or anything like that, is there anything else on the topic of failure you want to mention before we uh, tell people where to find you? Uh, so we talked about this a little bit before the show, uh, about, uh, what was the term you used? Glamorous. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, um, I think it's important for people to, to recognize that what, what I like about your show is that it's not just talking about the success and, and painting this incredible picture. For those of you out there who might be sitting there thinking like, uh, you know, well, well, yeah, this person that, you know, they're, they have incredible work ethic or they are really smart or you can make excuses for yourself because you typically, when you're hearing about other people, you're hearing the best version. Mm-hmm. You're not hearing about the bad days. You're hearing about the good days. Uh, and, and that's why I do like talking about, I'm not afraid to talk about the fact that I dropped out of high school because I don't want uh, people, you know, sitting there who are like, well, you need to have, you know, an education to be successful. And I didn't have an education. So like, I'm never going to be anything. Uh, I like uh, talking about how I spent 12 years bouncing around and failing and failing uh, because a lot of people, they, you know, we all hear about the the 10 year overnight success stories, but, but nobody really talks about the 10 years of taking forever to get things going before you mm-hmm. actually get it to click. Uh, you know, I might have a seven figure business now, but I spent 12 years barely making 40 grand a year. Like mm-hmm. if that, yeah. uh, being up to my eyeballs in debt. Uh, so I think it's important for people to, to recognize that, um, when you're hearing stories about others uh, looking for inspiration, just always remember that uh, very nobody hits a home run their first at bat. 
uh, if you if you have failed yourself, fa- failed yourself. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you have had failures, uh, realize that that's okay, and you just have to pick yourself up, keep going, and recognize that that anybody you know who any successful story that you hear, those people did the same thing. Uh, and they also have bad days too. There's days where they sleep in. <laughs> uh, they, they're not a hundred percent. They lose uh, money. <laughs> they lose money. Uh, they have a bad marketing campaign. I, yeah. mean, I mean, just anything recognize that the, the very best person, the, the Jeff Bezos, the Elon Musk, they aren't much different than you. Like yeah. no matter what you see in the media, no matter what you see in the webinars or the videos or listen to on the podcast, like you are not, you could be homeless and you are not much different than Elon Musk. And at the end of the day, you're going to choose your version of life. And it is a pick your own adventure. <laughs> uh, so choose, you know, there's no reason to, to settle and, uh, go out there and give a hundred percent. Yeah. I think it's especially important nowadays with social media when everybody now has a highlight reel and even not successful people have just their, uh, you know, all the things they want people to think that they're doing and feeling and everyone is kind of hiding a lot of those um, failures or stumbles. And, you know, we get to curate how we look online and it's important for people to realize that, you know, it's not, what we see people showing is not all that there is. And a lot of times that um, to your point, those I was on a podcast recently called broken bulbs. And it's all about the, the broken bulbs that led to that good idea that actually worked, you know, all the, the, Mm -hmm. and you can't do that. You can't get there without the failures. You can't get there without trying those things that don't work. And it's amazing. I've been trying a lot lately to be a lot more intentional with when I do have a success figuring out all the pieces of it that I would have messed up if I didn't mess up other things in the past, you know, like all the pieces that prior failures said, okay, don't uh, make sure you don't send that email before you check whatever, all the links or whatever, (laughs) you know, there's all sorts of things that you learn from doing it the wrong way. And it's sometimes just the best teacher, but a lot of times when we succeed, we don't think about all the little things that we learned through the failures. We just think, Oh, we're awesome in that moment, you know, for a little bit, but really that's what life is. You stacking up a lot of failures in order to, you know, I say fail it till you nail it, but really try to figure out what is, what is this thing? How do I get better at doing it? And usually that's by being bad at it for a while and, you know, trying. Yeah. I mean, and this can apply to, to so many, many things in life. Uh, we, we were talking, you know, at, at pre-show about about your podcasts and everything and uh, i've talked about this on other shows where you know if, you, if you're starting a podcast or a youtube channel or something like that it's okay to look for inspiration like I'm like who's the number one podcast uh it's joe rogan right probably probably he's on like show 1600 <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's a lot of shows don't expect your third episode to be as quality of production as his 1600 you know he might be getting elon musk and and kanye and and whoever on his shows but like he's on show 1500 or whatever uh your first episode's gonna suck your first video is going to be terrible. Uh, 
it's okay to look at these people for, for inspiration, but uh, a, a lot of success is just beating on your craft over yeah. and over and over again, whether it's a, a podcast and just continuously putting episodes out there until the 800th episode gets really good or putting out YouTube videos until the, the, 310th episode actually gets 10,000 views uh, or a marketing campaign where you just keep beating on it and beating on it and beating on it until you finally get it to be profitable. Uh, you know, realize that very few people, there's a, there's a wide gap. No, let me, let me, back, let me back that up. There is a colossal difference between skill and talent. Uh, talent you have naturally very few people are talented at anything like very few people have talent when you're looking at somebody that's skilled whether it's a really good interviewer for a podcast whether it's somebody who makes great videos whether it's somebody who writes great ads uh, whether somebody who's a great writer that's a skill and the only way that you get good at those skills is just beating on it over and over and over and over again until you get good. Uh, don't expect your first article to be incredible. It's going to suck. Yeah. Don't expect your first YouTube video to be good. It's going to suck. Uh, put stuff out there and continuously beat at it and beat at it <laughs> until mm-hmm. you get good. And anybody you see uh, who is quote unquote successful the only way they got good is by just doing it over and over and over again until yeah. they got good. Yeah, I think that's great advice. And, uh, you know, I'm the same way. I try to convince myself to, instead of uh, looking at how many downloads this podcast gets, my goal is to finish an episode. You know, if I finish an episode, that's all I need to do. I don't care about how it then performs. That's a different thing to care about at a different time. But uh, to your point, you, the only way to get better is by making stuff. And if the goal is to make more of it, and that's how you measure your success, whether or not it's good and catches on will, will come on its own, but it doesn't happen mm-hmm. and you don't get good unless you start making stuff. So I think that's a, a great advice. Yeah, and you don't want to, uh, you don't want to be, don't be scared to, to fail because you will. Everybody, yeah. you know, who is quote unquote successful has has failed the last thing you want to do is spend two years waiting to you know thinking you know you want to start a podcast let's go with that sitting there thinking about wanting to start a podcast and spending two years but not actually doing it because you're so damn scared about you know how do i get the absolute perfect episode whereas if you were to just have done it if you Mm -hmm. were to actually just started recording one episode a week and spent two years on it, two years later, you got a hundred episodes in. You're probably pretty good at that point. Uh, Even if that idea was bad, you could now be skilled enough to go do another podcast. That is a good idea. You know, (laughs) (laughs) and you're going to, yeah, you continuously iterate yourself uh, and and create a better version. And, and, you know, the, the skills you learn, the skills, the relationships, uh, the experience, that is way more important than putting out some kind of perfect version that you, that you might have in your head. Uh, and again, this, this applies for literally everything in life. 
whether mm-hmm. it's sports or business or you know, you need to get a girlfriend, <laughs> like <laughs> go ask 10 girls out. Like, can you get yeah. no's? Like, you know, I'm sure like if you get to 20, you're probably gonna like you only get good at that stuff by just continuously doing it. Yeah. Uh, don't be scared to fail. That's I think that is part of the idea where I originally got it was have you I don't know if you ever heard of the rejection guy, the guy who was going around and uh, he had like a list of a hundred things he was going to ask people before, let them pump their gas and all sorts of things just to get better at rejection and stuff. Rejection. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I was, you know, kind of thinking with the the failure thing is like, it's better to view that as a necessary stepping stone towards success. Not a bad thing, but just, you know, Oh, this is what I learned from this. And let me take that and apply it. I am not having expectations that, the first thing is going to be amazing or successful or whatever, or the 10th thing or whatever. I mean, you just got to keep doing it until you get there. And if you aren't there yet, you keep going. There's no real other way uh, around it because the alternative is just giving up. And that's uh, something we certainly want want anyone to do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Building that muscle, that failure muscle, uh, you know, if it's weak, then yeah, you just... (laughs) I, I like, I, I have not heard of the failure guy, but I've heard of, you know, other like challenges and people who have done stuff like that, where they've randomly gone up to people and asked them stuff, or they've uh, like bargained with people. Like they would go into, I remember watching one video or something. Yeah. Like they went into like a, like a seven 11 and they were like, uh, like it was, it was some business guy, I think where uh, the person really struggled to like ask for, for a discount or something on services or whatever. And what they, the lesson was is to go into a seven 11 and be like this pack of batteries for two batteries is like $7, but I only need one. (laughs) So can you open the pack and can I only buy one battery from you? Like, that's so weird. Right. Yeah. But like you, you just like go to 10 7-Elevens and do that and you'll probably get one that's like, yeah, okay. Like <laughs> really weird, but okay, sure. Yeah. Uh, but just like realizing that like something so weird like that, like getting a yes to that uh, just builds that muscle. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it is a muscle. You to, yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah. Being the, the muscle of being uncomfortable uh is is very <laughs> critical for trying to do anything anything worth living for yeah it's tough uh you know i try to view fear as fuel but there's a lot of times where i certainly don't live that you know that i'm going towards the right thing and i should keep doing it because it's scary and uh new but a lot of times uh sometimes the old ways of of resisting can creep up so it's a lot of times a little two steps forward one step back towards that thing uh, and whatever it is, uh, a lot of times with me, it's trying to get over myself with selling things online or, or reaching out to people or direct marketing or whatever, all these things that I'm trying to do by myself because I have no idea what I'm doing. And so I'm like, oh, well, do I want to go interrupt everyone's day or my whole mailing list and whatever? Uh, and I got to get over that fact and try to think of it more of the, what would they miss out on if I didn't do that um, instead? Yeah, takes just a lot keep of- beating it, yeah, just keep keep doing it, and and eventually you'll get you'll get comfortable with it. I think that's yeah, that's the lesson there. So where where would you like to point people to these days to find out? Is it the education that you're uh, that you're doing? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Which is on my website, uh, dylanoglan.com. Uh, I did recently put out a uh, a free book 
the six steps to a six figure agency. Uh, so if you go to dylanogline.com forward slash six, all spelled out S I X, uh, you can uh, download that book. Well, I'll make sure to put those links in so people don't have to spell it out or think too hard about it. Uh, well, thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate you sharing some of those uh, not so glamorous times and, and letting us have some insight into the story behind uh, where you are these days. Absolutely, man. It was, uh, it was an honor to be here. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Thanks for joining me on the Failure Guy podcast. If you enjoyed it, feel free to tell somebody. And don't forget, always try to fail it till you nail it. Till next time.